Well, Pastor Q, it is a privilege to sit down, chat with you. Yeah, man. We've been friends for a while. Years. And you are in the state right to our south in Iowa. Yeah. You're in town yeah, recording this. So thanks for being here. I'm excited that we made it work. Oh, man, it's an honor. It's a joy. Love being around you specifically and just the River Valley family. It's like family to us. We um, we consider ourselves, you guys are northern siblings. And so it's mm-hmm. great to sit down finally on this podcast yeah. that I listen to. Oh, thank you. And have been richly blessed and encouraged by as well as our staff. So thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, well, I'm excited for this conversation today. We were talking about, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in our world yeah. right now and even a couple days later as this comes out, like maybe there's new information, but obviously what's happening in the Middle East, I actually just got back from the Middle East. Which is crazy. Yeah, I was right in the midst of all of that in in country neighboring Israel. And there's a lot to talk about. And so as you see what's happening, we'll just jump right in, but as you see what's happening, there's a lot of, I'd say there's a lot of confusion going on. There's a lot of people that are, you know, there's social media dynamics that are happening. There's people taking sides about, Uh, countries that they've never been to, um, people that are supporting Israel, people that are supporting Palestine, some people that are supporting Hamas, which is kind of (laughs) crazy. Um, But as you see this, just as a pastor, you're realizing there's people that have questions. There's people that are asking, okay, is this the prophecy? Is is this the end? And then there's our blood moon coming next. (laughs) Oh yeah. My grandpa's (laughs) passed away now, but he loved the blood moons, man. Every time the blood moons are coming, he's like, this is it. That's right. That's right. But as as you process this, like what, what is your mind as a pastor where like you're getting ready, you're getting ready to move into a new building. You're getting ready for exciting things, but then this is happening and people have kind of screeched to a halt and say, pastor, what do you think about this? Yeah. 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 I think, I think, you know, your opening kind of line of, of question thought is there's tons of confusion, but there's tons of commentary. Right. And the commentary isn't providing clarity. It's providing more confusion mm-hmm. because the commentary isn't based in context. And so, like, there's there's two there's two audiences. There's the world, people who don't know Scripture, and then there's the church. And we're both watching the same television, but we should understand it from different narratives. And because there's a lack of knowledge right now, whatever's coming through the tube is what we believe to be the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, like, more now than ever, I think the importance of biblical literacy um, is paramount. You know, Matthew 24, Jesus makes these prophecies about the end. You know, he says, no stone will be left unturned. And the disciples have a little freak out moment. They're like, wait, what? Like, give us a sign. And Jesus is... The, the next thing he says is, see to it that you're not deceived, hmm. which means one of the greatest issues at the end of the age is deception. It, it's, a, it's a lack of truth. That's what it is. It's a lack of truth or distortion of truth. And, and so as I look at this, the stuff unfolding in the Middle East, right, is this the end? Well I, well, I don't know, but these are our end times, even if they're not the sure. end times, right? And so um, I'm on a timeline that right. I get to live. And so some of the confusion, I think it's related to, um, you know, there is within the heart of humanity a desire to to care, love, and nurture. And so when there's not a context, it, it depends on when you walk in the room, who's the victim and who's the villain, right. right? If you walked in the room and you saw me grabbing a guy by the shirt, well, in that instance, I look like the villain. But if you saw around the corner a child being hurt, then you would see me as the hero. Right. And that's context. And so there is a kind of geopolitical 
side to this, and then there's a spiritual, um, if, if I can say, um, kingdom perspective to the things that are happening. So, so right now, you know, in the Middle East, you see, um, you know, all the events that are happening in Palestine and, and all throughout the Middle East, and then you have Israel. And I think what we're looking at is events like the actions of Israel. And some people are like, oh, no, people are being hurt. And, and that's true. People are being hurt. Uh, no one um, that I know of in Israel, you and I both have friends mm-hmm. in Israel. Yeah. None of them are celebrating harm coming to people, mm-hmm. right? But they but they are entitled to a right to protect themselves. Right. And, and so this is a response to what's, what's happened recently. Um, I know that doesn't answer the spiritual questions, but it does answer just the natural life questions. Why is Israel responding the way that they did? Mm-hmm. Well, because they shot rockets right. into Israel. And, right. and so this is Israel's response. I think the the reason that the confusion comes is not just um, as a human being, I see people being hurt, but, you know, anti-Semitism is not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. Mm. And so there is, is, you know, God set it up this way, and, and he's wiser than I, but the moment he chose Abraham, he didn't choose other nations. And so the schism there is God identifies a man and says, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. His end goal was the blessing of the nations, but he had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. The moment he blesses Abraham and through him speaks prophetically and says, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Immediately, Satan knows now who to target as the people group who will bring forth the Messiah, according to Genesis chapter 3, 15, that through the seed of the woman, right, this, yep, yep. this deliverer will come who will crush Satan's head, right? The word there isn't cranium, it's Rosh, which means his authority, and so he, Satan goes, "Okay, I know it's through a woman that I'm that 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 the Messiah is going to come." So there's this immediate hatred. I would say borderline misogyny against women, just in eight. And then then God goes, "Okay, now I'm going to identify the people group," and then he identifies Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Right? Jacob becomes Israel. Israel mm-hmm. becomes the father of modern day Israel. And now Satan knows the people. L- let me just speed way ahead. No, this is helpful for not not everyone. I feel like understands the context. This is something I've learned even recently with yes. like this the meta narrative understanding in Genesis about yes. the seed and about crushing the head. It's like oh that it it makes it was all the plan from the beginning. Always, you know. And again, for those who are listening, maybe there's people who have multiple degrees higher than we do who are oh. saying this is basic. But I I you mean they graduated high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you graduate high school? Barely. Okay. But I did. Yeah, yeah congrats. So, thank you. Yeah. It was an accomplishment. Yeah. My mom was really proud. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. High School, keep going. keep going. Yes, but to your point, you're right. They've got more degrees higher. But, you know, I, I think there is a simplicity to God's plan yeah. that every person can grab it. God's not trying to confuse us. He's trying to provide clarity. Yep. And so if it becomes overly confused, then we know that at some point we're in risk of being deceived. Mm-hmm. Right, because God is not the author of confusion. Yeah, totally. So, as you look at this kind of meta narrative, which will help give context to what's happening now, that God picks Abraham, then Isaac, Jacob, the, the whole family line. So now Satan knows who's, who to attack to prevent Messiah from coming. Right. So you got that mm-hmm. kind of big kind of conversation piece, which which gives insight into. Egypt and Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. and um, Darius and Hitler, 
Right. Right. And so you start understanding that God has identified a group of people that he'll use to to show forth his faithfulness as mm-hmm. it relates to covenant. Now, there, there's just for the people listening who may be hearing something I'm not saying, there's one covenant that God has made with humanity that has been fulfilled in Christ, but there are outworkings of that promise that are yet to be fulfilled mm-hmm. that still impact the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So why then is it spiritual and not just political anti-Semitism? Matthew chapter 23, Jesus' last public sermon, he says, I will not come again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The context of that passage isn't Jesus talking to his disciples, but the political and the religious leaders of Israel who've rejected him. The common man loved him. Remember, there are people weeping at the cross as they crucified the son of God. It was the religious leaders. They didn't like him because he says, I'm the way to God, not you. The political leaders didn't like him because he said, I am the king, not Caesar. Mm -hmm. So what you see in that context, Jesus saying, I'm not coming back, brother. This is a key point to the return of Jesus. So not to get all eschatology and the end of the age, but the reality is, is that this narrative has an end. Right? Jesus mm-hmm. comes back and we get the evangelistic thrust of, of the need of the Lord's return before the Lord can return, right? Matthew 24, 14, um, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the earth, right? And so that's why part of River Valley's heart is global, mm-hmm. right? That we're, we're moving toward the hastening of the day of the Lord. But also mm-hmm. there's other time pieces as it relates to Israel. This is the one I'm leaning in on to talk about anti-Semitism which will help make sense of what people are saying, even though they don't realize that they're fueling a, a demonic agenda that they're unaware of, okay? So Jesus says, I won't come back to you, say, blessed is who comes in the name of the Lord. So a key piece to Jesus coming back is Israel being in place because he won't come back until they say. Mm-hmm. If there are no Jews on planet Earth, there's no one to, to welcome him home which means the reign of, of Satan, sin, suffering, and sickness continues. But if they are here to ask him to come back, the religious and political leaders, at that context, Jesus then can return, which is why Paul says in Romans that Israel will be grafted back in. They, they will turn to him. They will look upon the one whom they're pierced. There's a whole meta-narrative that happens there for that context to happen. The reason I bring that up is because if Satan can exterminate the Jews, then he can prevent the return of Jesus. So anti-Semitism isn't political. So in, when it comes to Israel, obviously you have Israel as the nation. You have Israel as the land in Jerusalem. Yep. Then you have Israel when Christ fulfilled many of the prophecies. Yes. Then you have Israel really as this new grafted in of the Gentiles, the yes. church. Yes. For those who would say Israel is now the church. Yeah. It's no longer a land. It's no longer a nation. Yeah. How, what what would be the follow up to that? To where again you talk about this, but when it when it comes to scripture, there there is a new Jerusalem. There is. They talk about the rivers from the east and the west. You yes. know, yeah. How how should we as Christians again? We're we're not Jews. The people listening to this podcast are not Jewish <laughs> right, people. Right. Saying okay, why should I care about that? Yeah. When 
I'm a Christian. I don't need to do like I don't need to be like the Muslims and do a pilgrimage. Yeah, no, you know, no, of course not. Like that's something yeah. that I think I've struggled to process yeah, through. Yeah. Is why like why does it matter to me? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great point. Uh, I, I'd, I'd probably say um, three things. Number one, if God's unfaithful to His covenant to Israel, don't expect Him to be faithful to His covenant with you. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Jesus didn't fulfill all the prophecies as it as it relates to what God has planned for humanity. But he did he did fulfill a large portion of them that were essential for our salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that would be number one. Even ones we love, like Isaiah sixty one, right? Um, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he know me to preach good news. Jesus preaches this in Luke chapter four, and and Jesus ends it though. He goes to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well. What Jesus is doing is a rabbinical style of teaching called remezzing. So he's alluding to a passage without describing the whole passage because his listeners would have understood it. Mm-hmm. And so he 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 stops. He puts a period where in Isaiah there's just a comma. So Isaiah 61 in context doesn't end with the acceptable year of the Lord. It's comma and to declare the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn. And he gives a context to comfort those who mourn in Zion. Mm-hmm. So, so even as we think about who God is in the fulfillment of the gospel, there is a Jewish peace to it. Um, Paul, Romans 1.16, right? Um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel yeah. for it's the power of God and salvation. First to the Jew, mm-hmm. then to the Gentile. So there is a context for what what God is up to and why it's important to us, number one. Number two, I would say, uh, again, go back to Romans. There's one passage in Scripture. It's in Galatians, I believe it's chapter 6, where where Paul says, peace be upon the Israel of God. It's only one passage. There's only one passage where he alludes to what some would call replacement theology, which I don't think he's alluding to it. I I, I think if if you marry that with other passages in Galatians where he identifies that circum excuse me that adoption into God's family isn't solely based on physical circumcision but there is a what he says a circumcision of the heart right again no one can get into the kingdom of God except through Jesus so his point is that it's not through ethnicity it's through faith which is why Romans the treaty of that is God calls Abraham as a Gentile Abraham wasn't a Jew Abraham was a Hebrew Mm-hmm. Right, he wasn't a Jew in the sense that the 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 covenant of circumcision doesn't come until after he's called, right. not before he's called, and the covenant of circumcision is the 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 identifier or the marker of what it means to be Jewish. Okay, um, I saw I saw a meme uh, yesterday oh, on yeah. Instagram, and it was that guy who's standing with his yes. hands on his hips, and it said the guy who just got circumcised the day before Paul's letter came that said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah. Like, bro. Like, Are you kidding me? Anyways, it like, just jumped in right. my head. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> hilarious. So I, I think, you know, when we, when we talk about, okay, what does it mean that, that Christ has come and has fulfilled the requirements of the law that allow us to have relationship with God? outside of external means of obedience, that salvation is through faith. Again, faith gets worked out in love and obedience. We we get all that. Um, There are passages, multiple biblical passages that set a context to your 
your, your, your point of there is a new Jerusalem. Is Israel a people? Is it a land? Is it a covenant? Like what exactly is Israel? I, I think anyone who's wanting to dive deeper, you've got to go back to Romans. Paul's treaty, I believe it's Romans 9 through 12. Mm-hmm. Paul gives an extensive treaty or 9 through 11, an extensive treaty on Israel and how the matter of fact, he says to the Gentile church, he goes, don't, don't boast. You don't support the root. Right. The root supports you. It's a play on words. The word root in Hebrew is the word nazir. It's where we get the word Nazarene from. Mm. That Jesus is the root yeah. and the offspring of Jesse. And that the context of biblical prophecy, the context of the writers of the Bible, the, the people of the Bible in heaven, one day a Jew will rule the world. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't lose his ethnicity. In heaven, he is still a Jewish man, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I, I think we've got to just be careful. I think sometimes um, when we talk about Israel as if it is a past tense thing, when there are still future promises to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Jesus in Matthew, I believe chapter six, he says, do not swear by heaven or earth. And then he says, and do not swear by Jerusalem. Why? Because it is the city of the great king. Mm-hmm. And so he looks to the future and he's talking about a physical real place, I believe, where he says it is the city of the great king and the great king would be himself. Mm -hmm. He goes, it's my throne. I am going to set my kingdom up there. Isaiah chapter two, Isaiah 66, excuse me, Isaiah 62, Isaiah 63, Isaiah 64, 65, I mean, Isaiah, just Mm -hmm. that whole breath of scripture, um, Hebrews chapter uh, 11 and 12, if you read it in context, he is leaning into the the foundation stones of the patriarchs, and then he leads into these great cloud of witnesses. They are watching, and you have now come, and you have joined this family, mm-hmm. right? We've, we've been adopted into a family. What family have we been adopted into? Uh, Ephesians chapter two, Paul says, you were were, um, without God in the world, but now have been engrafted or adopted into what? The commonwealth of Israel. So we've been adopted into a family. It's like you you adopt some kids, they come home, they, they start, you know, making them, them, themselves comfortable. And then your kids who are off at college come home and they're like, we took over this joint, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're in the basement now. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hold up, wait, I'm glad you're here, but actually right. this was my room. But I, I think a lot of that comes from the independent spirit, at least yes. of our country in America, oh, right? It's like, we don't need Israel. Right, because we're, we're a Christian that's found, or we're a nation that's founded on Judeo-Christian values, yeah. Yeah. and even again, a lot of this I'm I'm processing right now. I'm yeah. an external processor. I love it, but it, the feeling that it's not important, it's yeah. not significant, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Christ returned. That, or, yeah. or Christ came down, died for me. He's come back. Bro, one day. I got scared. You, you said know. Christ returned. Yeah. I was like, bro, we missed the rapture. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, hold no, up, no. hold up, what's happening? Not that I know of. Um, no, while I was in the Middle East, bro, he returned. He came oh, back. I know, yeah. came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we we process that through our own lens, right? Sure. Of of the American ideal, of the our current perspective, of of our independence. Of like yeah. the Middle East is not very real to a lot of us. Right. And of course, if you visit there, if you go there, you understand. But the significance of that place, again, it, it's kind of like. In some ways, and, and the the reason why I actually encourage a lot of people to go to Israel and to go to parts of the Middle East is because it it makes the book we read every day yeah. change from a fantasy story yeah. to a real story. Yeah. When you stand in the land, yes. 
And again, it's not like a pilgrimage like no, like no, Islam. Yeah, yeah. But when you stand in the land and say, this is where that happened, right. it changes from the Chronicles of Narnia a little <laughs> right, bit. Right. And that's kind of what I talked to, to people even, even about on, on the, the, the group that was with us when we were in the Middle East. Hey, this area, this is where Uriah was killed when yes. David had his men go back right. in this city. Right. This city that we just visited is where John the Baptist was beheaded. Yes. Right. And you go, oh my goodness, right, right here. Yeah, right around here. Right. And so I think that's something too where with this happening across you know, the, the ocean— it can feel just not real. Yeah, a little disconnected. And I think that's some of what's happening. And I, I kind of want to transition this to maybe how we can pastor people and yeah. understand some of the hatred. And again, you you gave such great context on why it's important to us, yeah. why we should care. Yeah. But I think in the midst of this, there's a weird hatred that we're seeing. There's a weird, yeah. it's a confusing hatred yeah. of... I mean, you go travel throughout the Middle East, nobody likes Israel. At least right. the, the, the Arab people don't. No, no, yeah. A lot of that stems from the geopolitical things oh, sure. of this used to be Palestine. Yeah, 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 After yeah, the yeah. war, it was given back to Israel. Yeah. The U.S. has supported You know, there's all sorts yeah, yeah, of yeah. Ge geopolitical things that I don't think are as important for this conversation, yeah. but definitely are webs. Sure. But when it comes to the hatred of, of there, yeah. it's spiritual. For sure. It's political. Sure. But the, the thing that was so fascinating to me, and this maybe we can talk about this, I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's ingrained. It's taught. It is. It's consistent. It is. In the nations that I've lived in or I've traveled to, the hatred of Israel, Yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a subject in school. <laughs> right. You know, like almost yeah. in some places it really is. Yeah. Then you look in America and you see that yeah. The media, the, all, all sorts of things. They're trying to stir up division, division, division. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned it at the beginning of this. Yeah. Confusion leads to division. It leads to disunity. It Absolutely. leads to hatred. Absolutely. I said a lot of things. But as you process yeah. through that, not only what's happening over in the Middle East, but also what has happened here in America, wh what, is, what are you seeing and how can we understand that better of when people are ingrained to hate, right. how do we as pastors, as church leaders, knowing that, I mean, some yeah. people are going to listen to this podcast, but you can't, you can't give them this podcast and say, all right, listen for an hour. It's like, you don't have that necessarily. Right. I said a lot of things. You said a lot of yeah. really, really good things, which is why I listened to this podcast. <laughs> um, and we got you in the River Valley merch. You do, yeah. bro. I'm you like you might have spilled your coffee on your Just might have. Yeah. And y'all came in clutch yeah. with the River Valley merch. I, I did comment that it's a little tight, but it probably make the size of the T-shirt. Yeah, well, after, after Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, then oh, it's going to be a bodysuit. Yeah. It's going to be a bodysuit. It's going to be like a wetsuit. You're going to go uh, surfing. <laughs> come on. Yeah, all the lakes in Minnesota. Come on, bro. Yep, come on. No, yeah, we're ready. So, um, yeah, I, I would uh, just kind of take, take a stab at a thought, which um, kind of the the thing you, you alluded to at the very beginning with just being in the land. So we just got back from a trip in, in Israel. And the way I described it is, you know, I've read my Bible, you know, 20 plus years now. I'm a shepherd, I get the honor of shepherding people. And it's like I was reading it in 2D. Right. But when I went there, it's like, I didn't just know the places. I got to be there. I got to see the people, the context. It, And I described it to um, our host in that it's like reading the Bible was like reading a love letter about a girl yet falling in love with 
and she's done her best to describe, you know, who she is and what she's like. And then you go there and you're like, oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it makes it more tangible, mm-hmm. which to me kind of, kind of lean back into your your point which is these narratives and a little bit of a disconnection and like how do we get here and brother it goes all the way back to Constantinople Mm -hmm. and the 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 way that um just gentile believers reacted to the faith once they became the dominant um or the majority party you know all the believers in the new testament are jews Right. You know, and then Acts 10, you start seeing Gentiles coming in by the thousands, and then they became the dominant population. And then, you know, you get Nero and all this stuff, and people getting kicked out of Jerusalem and being scattered and coming back. And and so I think the longer the faith has been disconnected from its Jewish roots, the, the less it's looked like its Jewish roots. Sure. Now, now, again, no one's ascribing to celebrating the Jewish calendar, and if that's the, your call, then that's great. But Acts sure, 15, yeah, yeah. man, bro, I'm eating pork chops. Right. <laughs> I just, the meat can't be strangled, and I'm married to one woman who I love a yeah, lot, so yeah. I'm great. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we give money to the poor, which is essentially what they said you have to do. Right. So now, here I am, not only do I not understand Israel, but I think because, you know, our society, America, is just a superpower. We 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 have been given power. We by God's grace, by God's blessing. Um, I love America. I was born in America. My father served in the army. But I'm old enough that I can say my mom ain't always been a great mom. My dad ain't always been a great sure, dad. Here's sure. some mistakes she's made. Yeah. It's not love all of her and not be honest about her flaws, which I think we have a hard time doing anyway. Which mm-hmm. is what I think is happening in this generation. Um, and so they don't know how to navigate. They don't know how to navigate that, whether it's, um, you know, issues of Israel or issues in America or social issues or whatever. And so I think what, what's happened is because we've had been, we've been so blessed, we have by and large been, we've tried to position ourselves as a nation as benevolent leaders to use our power for the good of others. Mm-hmm. Well, you get a conflict in Israel, and you, you look at things happening at home, conflict here at home, and you start wondering, are there lessons that we can learn at home that can help us better interpret what's happening in Israel and how we should respond? And so for me, um, I'm a black man. I, I don't know if you knew that. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And it's like, to, the, like, what's the wrong thing to say? It's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah, everything. No, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anything other than, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. someone can spin it. Um, what people wouldn't know on this podcast is that my wife's white. We've been together October first, made twenty nine years. So I've been with this woman for a really long time. Awesome. I'm, I'm very blessed mm-hmm. um, to have been with her for so long. A pastor church. Our church is fifty percent white, thirty five percent black, fifteen percent Asian, Hispanic, and so again, we're just we're your we're your southern neighbor. And so yeah. just recent events, it spilled out in into our communities. Yeah. Um, and so as I think through how do I shepherd people through the dynamics of uh, justice and ethnicity and unity and the dominant narrative that's being communicated through their television screen, realizing that there is a deficiency in truth. And so whoever has your ear shapes your outlook. Right. Right. Two people, um, 
were able to influence over a million people, and that led to Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years because they got a hold of the people's ear. And so as a shepherd, I'm looking at the spin that media wants to put on issues of race, justice. You you pick the hot topic Mm -hmm. because of people that are divided, there are people that are weakened. And so I've got to try to give a biblical narrative for what has always been the dream of God's heart. And if I understand that based on the truth, then I can use that not only to tether people, but to set a trail that they can walk on. Right. What has God always been after? Well, we know what he's always been after. Jesus made it very clear when he described God. He didn't describe him as a priest, as a priest prophet, king, pontane. He, he said he's a dad. Mm-hmm. God's a father. And God has always wanted a family from Genesis 1, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish to Abraham being a father, uh, an exalted father, to being a father of nations, to Jesus fulfilling that covenant and giving us the spirit of God whereby in which we cry out, Mm -hmm. Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I know that's the goal of God, then I don't look for battlegrounds. I look for common grounds. Right. I look for the things that unite us, not not divide us. Um, what things are open-handed issues, what things are close-handed issues. This is doctrine theology, but also also practice. So the, the fastest way, I think, for us to find each other is to sit at tables. Right. Unfortunately, if you say it loud enough, long enough, you can get a following. Totally. And so we leverage social media or other outlets as a way to gain influence as opposed to building relationships. Mm-hmm. And so as a, as a pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to get our people as it relates to relationship with each other to remove three of the things that get in the way of unity. And that is time, space, first two. I can fix those because that's Sunday morning, right? I can get them in the same space, and they just got to choose to invest the time. But the third one is the hard one, which is to remove the illusion of innocence. Mm. So what if I came to the table honestly and say, there's things about your culture I don't understand. I don't even know if I like. And am I safe enough to say that? And can you help me find my way? Right. Here's the gift of the gospel. You shouldn't be surprised at that Mm -hmm. because Jesus died for that. Right. And I think our willingness to be so easily offended is an indictment of how little of the gospel we really believe or how much of our own sense of self-worth and pride and self-righteousness we have. Like there shouldn't be anything that... I want to say surprised that, and, and, and I get I can be surprised at things, but not in the the way of which I'm like, there's no way that could be true. I go, we killed the Son of God, right? There's nothing we're not capable <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we've got to create safe spaces. Yeah, we got to create safe spaces. So even even so, that's that's you and I. Just going, mm-hmm. bro. Can we create some safe space? Can can we invest some time? I want to get to know you. I want to understand your story. Da 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 da. How does that apply to the Middle East? Same thing. How about we spend some time with with the prophets instead of the pundits? Right. Right. How right. about we open up the scripture 
and not just open up the newspaper. Right. Right. And we start going, God, help me get understanding about what do you say about Israel? Right. Right. Past, present and future. And, and again, I don't think God's trying to confuse us. And so where do I start? Start in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Look at the life and, and the actions of Jesus. And then if you go, I want to go a little deeper. Like I want to understand like the Israel thing. And you said it was spiritual, not political, but there's a political piece to that. And what should I do with that? And I would say grab Galatians by the horns, mm-hmm. grab Romans by the horns, grab Hebrews by the horns. I, w- I would say if you're looking for a gospel, I would say grab Matthew by the horns because mm-hmm. Matthew's going to have more Old Testament scripture than any of them. Yeah. Uh, what do we do practically? For me, it's three things. What I'm asking our church to do, number one is pray. Pray because the scripture is very clear. The Bible is eternal, but we treat it like it's temporal. And so we'll read a passage and say it's Old Testament as if God didn't know that he would fulfill the promises. Right. You know what I'm saying? Those promises still have life in them. Mm -hmm. And so because so I would go pray because um, Psalm 122 says, pray for pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Matter of fact, it says, and may all those prosper who love you. Right. Paul in in Romans, he says, "Um, this is my earnest prayer um, for the salvation of Israel. Isaiah 62, 6. God says it, not Isaiah. This is God, the eternal one. God says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they will not keep quiet until I make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Question, is is Jerusalem a praise in the earth? Not yet. So that means there still needs to be watchmen set on the wall, Mm -hmm. number one. I would say partner because a New Testament ecclesiology, Paul tells the church, this is post-resurrection. We're learning our New Testament theology from what Paul wrote. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think Paul knows all the covenants, the signs, all the stuff. You know, Paul says, he goes, the one thing, as a matter of fact, the Jerusalem council says it as well in Acts chapter 15. He goes, we should take up an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. There's a context. He could have said, take up an offering for the poor in the church of Ephesus or in the church of Thyatira or the church in Sardius. He doesn't. There's a Jew, there's a there's a Jewish, if not centrality, uh, for sure, heavy influence in Paul's understanding of the gospel. So one, pray to partner. There's some great organizations. I'll leave it to River Valley in the show notes if they want to <laughs> yeah, yeah. share who you who and what you're supporting. Mm-hmm. And then I think three is to proclaim. Um, and, and that is to live out a gospel lifestyle because what God wants to do in the earth, it is directly connected to the evangelistic efforts of both Gentile and Jewish believers. Now, I'm not saying go to your local synagogue and start preaching the four spiritual laws. <laughs> I, I am saying, though, that and people who are listening to this podcast are leaders, so they're going to lean yeah. in. I would say do your work. Do your work. Start asking yourself these questions as it relates to Israel. Mm-hmm. Like, like as a leader, you should be able to answer from Scripture why Israel matters. It's not a small thing. It's not a side issue like, should we get baptized for the dead? There's one verse. Right, right. The whole Bible's written by Jews. Right, right. <laughs> Your Messiah is a Jew. Um, yeah, we share the same book for the first half or the first, you know, the Old Testament is the same book, it's right? This, yes. Different order, but same book. Yes, you know? yes. 
Yeah. Well, and he's coming back. I mean, if and again, it depends on where you line up in your eschatology. You know, are you amil, pre-mill, post-mill? Um, if you're amil, then things are just going to continue to kind of go. We're kind of in this thousand-year reign, and at some point, Jesus is coming back. Right. If you're if you're a pre-mill, then you believe in a literal thousand-year reign, and then you have a more um, a you will have a more Israeli-centric understanding of Scripture because a lot of the promises and, and there's a lot of debate out there. Um, obviously I, I hold to a, a premillennial view of scripture mm-hmm. um, that Jesus is coming back in literal visible, visible form. He will set up a literal visible kingdom mm-hmm. on this earth and the headquarters. If you believe that it's in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem yeah. which, yeah. which again, it, it gives context, right? What, what does Israel, what does, what do they export dates? <laughs> You know, what I'm yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I mean, bro? Like, like yeah. their GDP is nothing. Yeah. Like, but if it's to be the center of God's kingdom, of course, Satan rages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not political. Only, it's spiritual, and so that kind of hopefully will give some folks some handles on. Yeah, no, what's it, happening? It's amazing context. And uh, John Mark Homer wrote a book called Garden City, and yeah. it's a great book talking about how we kind of miss that, you know, yep. this garden city, the new Jerusalem, all of that. There's yep. other amazing resources, commentaries on that. One of the things that I, I noticed, and maybe we can kind of funnel the, the finish of this conversation yeah. towards this, is the empathy towards, and you mentioned this about people in your church, even here in America, yep. with what's happened here over the last several years. Nothing has happened here that would cause division, you know. No, of course um, not. We love each other. Yeah. But obviously, in, it, you see that in the Middle East, this ingrained culture, the thing that surprised me, and, and I, I experienced this when I lived in Beirut too, but even on this trip this last week, is the news is just different. Mm. And so you talk about mm. media, you talk about what is what is put into people. I'll, I'll share even maybe more context for people who are listening. Most people who are listening for, are from the U.S. But if you look at conservative news versus liberal news. Oh, for sure. I think a big thing that that I've seen, I've tried to push against this. I still get caught up in it. Oh, we all do. Yeah, of course. But I try to push against it, realizing that when you, the way the algorithms are, the way oh, your, your news feeds are, you literally are seeing the world differently. Yeah. than other people are. And and I think that the, That's the, a great the most challenging thing that, great that, that people can't know is what the other side sees mm. because you don't see that. Right. And I think it's, you know, from an algorithm standpoint, it's really walk a mile in their shoes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But if you opened up your Instagram, and I'm just, again, I'm using this as examples. It's not perfect. But if you opened up your Instagram and it said it was all the liberal, the progressive stuff. Yep. You may start to think that way. Oh, for sure. If you open up your Instagram, it's all a conservative. Take it in this context here. If you open it and every single time that something happens in, in Israel, it's always the fault of yeah, yeah, Hamas yeah. or Palestine. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna hate the people there. Or on the on vice versa, the yeah. people in Gaza, the people in the countries surrounding, their news is look at what Israel did. They bombed, you know, a hospital, right. they did all these things. Right. And it's not there's no there's no fact checking. Yeah. There's no right. Hey, actually, let's play it out. Let's listen to both sides. Yeah, the, it it has been ingrained. It is predetermined. This is the answer, mm. and the people that they trust. Yep. And and again, we can get into an argument. Should they trust those people? Why right. do they trust those people? Right. But my point that I'm trying to tell mm. everyone is, they do trust those people. They do. And it's the same in our country. Yeah. If you think that that 
you know, the uh, a Democratic president or a Republican president is is the Antichrist. Oh, right. You're going to believe that. Yep. But if the if you think they are the savior of this country, you're going to believe that. You're going to believe that, and Absolutely. then everything you consume is going to reiterate that. Yeah. Now, the beautiful thing as mm. Christians, right, is what you alluded to earlier. Yeah. We actually have a separate form of media. Come on. That is the Bible. I'm about to shout up in here. And that is our guide. Yes. And I think the biggest challenge right now in our country, but also in the Middle East and around the world is we we read scripture through the lens of our affiliations. We read scripture wow. through the lens of our Great country, point. of Great our point. nationalism. Great point. Do I think that America stands on Judeo-Christian values sure. more than most places? I do. Oh, and, absolutely. I, and the more I travel, the more I realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh wow, the way even some of the fabrics of our nation were built out of those things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But in the same way, you look at some of the the culture of the Middle East and go, wow. This was more like Jesus than, I mean, Jesus wasn't American, right? Right, right. And so as I look at this, I realize we have to fight against yeah. this narrative cherry picking, this blend of how I read scripture through the lens of all these other things yeah. and start with the word of God, start mm. with understanding what it's yeah. saying in the context. I mean, we, we talk about this, the Bible's, you know, we, we, I've mentioned this before, but how not to read the Bible by Dan Kimball is a great resource. Great. How do you understand it? I mean, Matthew, written yeah. to a Jewish perspective. Yeah. Galatia, you mentioned it. This is talking to the Judaizers. You said, yeah. guys, you're being bigoted. Yeah. This is for everyone. Right. You know, and so I think those things that I'm I'm learning, I'm excited about learning. I think a lot of young people, people my age and younger, yeah. have no context. And my call and, and my plea to all the pastors listening and all the church yeah. leaders and Sunday school teachers listening is the people don't know. This, right. A lot of the stuff you were talking about earlier, yeah. they don't know it. Yeah. And so it's our responsibility now not yeah. to, like they, they see political division. Yeah. They see rallies. They see that all day long. They right. see it at school. They see it in everything. What they don't have is they don't have people teaching the word of God yeah. and helping them understand who it was written to, why it was written, understand the promises. And so I hope that all those who are listening, who have that mantle, who have that influence yeah. can follow your lead as you've mm -hmm. helped us today and as yeah. you're helping your congregation yeah. do, but to say, it's my responsibility yeah. to teach the word of God. Yes. And then where it lands today, it might be here, over there, it might be there. Right. But mm. the word of God, man, it is our guide. And we have to just, I mean, it's the sword of the spirit, right? Yeah. It has to cut through the white noise. It has Come to on. cut through the distractions, the confusion that you're talking about. I know I'm preaching here, but- Oh, man, preach I, to me, my brother. I, I do think that as I experience this around the world, it aches my heart yeah. to see young people that are caught up in the distractions of this world, yeah. the distractions of the geopolitical time, the distractions of the social media war, or you know who did what, right. when the reality is, we have the answer, and I, and I fear that sometimes in the midst of our support for one way or yes, the other, yes. we miss the support that we have for the Word of God and Scripture, and it has to be that is the forefront. Mm. And then the other thing is secondary through the lens. If you say, hey, I support Israel, yep. you just explained a long, yep. a long reason why we should stand with them. Yes. But then also, we're not standing with the warmongers no. or the people who are trying to obliterate a people group That's right. or whatever it is, right. we're standing with the nation that our savior is from. That's right. The religion that he was a part of and a rabbi of. Yes. But we're not standing with 
necessarily the the people and the the government no, that's right. and the that's right. prime minister that's right. and whatever we're standing with God's the, purposes God's purposes yep. that align and so yep. again I, I I've I've talked for a while there but Bro, I think it's a so good it's why I wanted you to come and talk about so this so good but it's it's what gets me excited about this is yeah. there's there's noise on noise on noise I on know, noise on noise I, I think you know to to your point you know I just to, so I'm I want to make sure that people um hear what I'm I'm saying and they don't they don't hear what I'm not saying. Right, right. And so to to your point which is great. We support God's purposes. I support God's purposes for Israel. I don't necessarily uh, support all their actions. I don't live in Israel. Right. I I don't I, I I'm not I, I, I don't even agree with everything my wife says. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so I, I, we don't have I mean, lines. I do. But. Uh, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> You're still young. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I don't, I, I mean, I, I support God's plans for Israel, his purposes for Israel because of a, of a biblical lens. Now, here's how that plays out with, with the Palestinians. The Bible's clear how you should treat people that are foreigners in your land. Now, I know for some you would go, they're not foreigners. They lived there. Israel right, took right. over. My, my point is that they're not the dominant population. And Scripture's super clear on how um, believers should resp- respond to people who are who are suffering. The word alien, refugee comes to mind. How do we su- How do we support people like that? And even for believers in the land, there is a metric, there is a rubric that God will judge them on in terms of their care for Palestinians, even with those that are trying to attack them. Right. Um, and so there is a rubric. It's not Israel and everything they do they do is is good. And we've got these rose colored glasses. No, 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 no. We're just saying. There is a meta narrative right. in the midst of this this micro, um, uh, you know, narrative, if I can say it that way. Yeah. You know, um, so, so there's that. What you just said is is my prayer. So my oldest is 28, my youngest is 16, and um, man, they, you know, that generation, millennials, Gen Gen Z, um, man, they are brilliant. They love a cause. Um, they they want to be engaged, but they're not. And I know I'm speaking in generalizations here. My experience has been they don't trust. They don't trust authority. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they don't trust either the motive. Um, they don't trust the information, and so just getting on Facebook or whatever in these tweetable quotes. I get it. It's fine, but man, if we could build relationship with with young people and say, can we have a conversation Mm -hmm. about what's happening in the Middle East? And as a parent, you learn to listen twice as much as you speak. And so let them bring all of their passion and limited knowledge because they're getting it from YouTube. And again, that's not to discredit or because again, they're intelligent and they're all those things. Um, but but I, I just think I don't want to win an argument. The goal isn't to win an argument. It's can we walk along this path and get shared understanding, realizing that we're reading the same passage to your point, but I'm bringing all of my life history in it. As a black man in right. America, like like every time I hear America's founded on Judeo-Christian values, I get a twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I go, oh, okay, I know what they mean. Yeah. Okay, is America founded on Judeo-Christian values? Yeah. Did they miss it? majorly right right yeah but i'm mature enough to understand that that's the tension right like if you're if someone were to say 
slavery was came from Judeo-Christian values. You're right. Like, wrong. Uh, wrong. You know. Wrong answer. But then if you say nuclear family, yeah. right. You know? Yeah, and, that's and, right. And, no, that's right. And so that's, that's where right. I think to your point, it's it's trying to understand like what what do you mean? And I think that question is an important yeah. question. Hey, yeah. what do you what do you mean by you that? Say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah How do we understand? Are you saying that you think that our, the current state of America? Do you think always America? Yeah. You the know, dream of America? Totally. The dream yeah. of America is yeah. absolutely right. Right. I mean, the you know, Dr. King's whole point is America wrote me a check. Right. It bounced. Right. Not America's bad. Right. America wrote me a check. It bounced. Hey, America, make good on your promise. Right. Yes. Yes. There's no place on planet Earth like America. Mm-hmm. To your your point, kind of following it in, kind of kind of the home stretches. I think. Man, whether it's Israel, it's stuff related to LGBTQ, it's it's related to the political climate. The Bible gives us wisdom, right? Right. It's God's truth. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's authoritative, but it's also loaded with wisdom. Like, how do I engage? my LGBTQ plus community in a way that's honest and honoring, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How can I be honest and honoring to go, honestly, our views are diametrically opposed, but that's because I see that God values you as a person and God's highest order and blessing on your life isn't in this particular sin, whatever it may be, right? right? right. And I think I just think, man, we've got to, you know, it's that civil discourse piece, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's hard because, you know, as pastors, I, I get to talk to them for 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. Right. I've got to combat the other 184 hours they spent on foolishness in right. their week. So that's hard, which is why, to your point, get them in the word. If you're a leader listening to this, here's what I've discovered. Young people value and want seasoned people in their life. Right. They want they want to walk with you, not be told what to do, not have you look down on them, not have you judge them, not have you, you know, the the, the buzzwords, you know, they're lazy and, you know, they're blah, 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 blah. Well, no one wants to be talked about like that. Right. Right. And so there's a level of honor and integrity. If you'll walk with them, they'll listen to you. Right. God is a God of generations. Right, he never shows up as the God of Abraham or the God of Jacob or the God of of, of Isaac. Or you know, of Isaac is, I am the God of Abraham, right. Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And I think that's God's heart, which is why one of the things I love about River Valley is that River Valley, with all of its resource and influence, could have its kind of bullseye pointed anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you've you've pointed your bullseye. At, at up and coming young leaders, yep. whether it's through through the college, you know, the Institute, River Valley Institute, mm-hmm. or this podcast, which we know a lot of people that are Gen Xers, Gen Zers, millennials are listening to. I just, I love, I love the focus, realizing that, um, you know, it says the failure of, of Joshua, the difference between Joshua and Moses is that Moses passed down his, he, passed, he will pass down his wisdom to Joshua. And Joshua does well, the nation takes the land, da 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 da. When Joshua dies, the, the, the next statement, you know, maybe two or three verses later is um, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. He, he, didn't tr- he transferred wealth, but not wisdom. And 
hopefully through podcasts like this and the resources you mentioned, we'll be able to pass down that wisdom, yeah. have honest conversation, help this generation think more biblically mm-hmm. um, about the issues and not just personally right. about the issues and, and together we'll, we'll glorify God, build great churches and, it's awesome. and do it for the kingdom. Well, this conversation has been awesome. Super helpful for me. I, I'm going to listen back to this and process it as yeah, well. I, I don't normally end this way, but um, in a moment, I'm going to have you pray just yeah. for all the situation that's yeah. happening, praying ultimately that we're praying for peace. We're praying for yes. the Lord's will to be done. One thing that I want to make note for maybe those who are listening that are on the older side that let's say are frustrated by some of the things of the younger yeah. generation, when the, the MO of this generation is kind of when you zig we zag right mm. when all these people are are promoting yeah like supporting one side they're like i'm going to support the other side yeah they don't know much about it they don't mm. know if it's right or wrong but they're going to support it to see how people respond and right. and i know pastor terry's mentioned this on the podcast in the past too but they want to see how you respond yeah and they're looking for guidance and I think a lot of times people immediately respond with, look at how stupid they're, look yep. at how dumb they yep. are. And what was interesting, we did a, a mm. English conversation uh, club over in the Middle East this last week. And I asked, the conversation we were talking about was education. And we said, how was your experience in education? And every one of the people that they were all from, from that part of the world, they said, my teachers told me how stupid I was, oh. how I'd never amount to anything. That's the culture here. They constantly berate you. They constantly tell you how horrible they are. They're, in their mind, their hopes is so that you kind of rile back against them and uh, stick it to them. You start to see if that's the way that their children are being raised, then why are they so angry or why are they so frustrated with their governments? or why are they, Because that's the way they're teaching. And I think on the other side, maybe in our country, the, the critique has been it's coddling, it's been oh, kind, sure. whatever. Yeah. I think there's a middle ground where you yeah. can call people up and call people out. But I think it's... It shouldn't be either or. It shouldn't be a coddling, but it shouldn't be a berating. No, that's right. It should be a fathering, that's a right. mothering. That's right. A, sometimes, you know, you need to tell your kids, that was the that was amazing. It may, yeah. not, may not have been the best drawing that they gave you, right. but you love it because they gave it to you. That's right. And other times you need to tell your kid, you need to do better yep. because that's I know right. there's more in you. Absolutely. And so I think that's a reminder for anyone who's in a leadership role, whether you're young or old, but you're in that leadership role is to say, Try not to live on the, mm. the, the periphery to yeah. where you shout. And again, this is to the other side as well. You fill in the blank. Yep. Those people are yeah. stupid. They're horrible. Yeah, they're dumb. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're responding to the information they have in front of them. Give Great them point. new information. Great point. Give them better information and ultimately give them divine inspiration on, and divine information. And so I'd love for you to pray for peace yeah. over all that's going on. Yeah. And then ultimately that we as leaders can be peacemakers, yep. and to be those people that live in the middle of, we're not living in the middle trying to flirt with the line. We're living in, in yes, the line of what is the Bible saying, yep. and we're going to stand on that truth. Yeah, thank you. Just before I pray, just, man, honor being with you, bro. Absolutely. So good. So good, man. Love love this Glad podcast and everything. So, all right, y'all, let's pray. Uh, Father, we, we say thank you uh, that you're good, kind, and gracious. Your eye sees all, and your heart is moved. Um, there is not a person whose life is lost, whether through the natural process of life or through the pain of, of war that you're not moved by. 
Uh, you are Father. It's, it's who you are. Your word says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of all his people. And so, Lord, as men and women all across the globe in the Middle East are in conflict, Lord, we, we, we do what you told us to do. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and pray for its prosperity. Father, we also pray for the salvation of Israel. Father, I'm asking that you would set watchmen on the wall who would pray and contend for the salvation of Jewish people as well as for Palestinian people. God, I ask that you would give comfort and peace to mothers and children and fathers who are in hiding for fear of being collateral damage in this conflict. Lord, I pray for your church that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that you would give divine understanding and insight into your word. Jesus Christ, we pray in ancient prayer. Maranatha, come and make wrong things right. Lord, we love you. Strengthen us, lead us, guide us. Help us to be your people, a light in a very dark world. In Jesus' name, amen.